The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined by your other host, Sean Fritz. I still want to do the dude. I still want to do the your movie review review podcast (laughs) because it just feels natural. And then it's like, oh, I was I was when you were when you were saying that, and I was playing it back in my in my head. I'm like, welcome to back issue. (laughs) Welcome to Silence Your Phones. Your move, and then you were like, my name is Chris Chavez. Like, oh wait, am I wrong or is he wrong? No, <laughs> no. I just it, it got to the point where I stopped doing it because it was a, too much of a mouthful. I and I was uh, there. You saw the whole bloody thing. Mm-hmm. Heard it. In fact, yes, yes. Uh, we're back. We're back quickly because we just recorded a few days ago. And when listeners uh, are like, "Holy crap, these guys just went crazy and recorded a bunch of episodes," nah, there's just a backlog that needed to go up. New listeners would say that. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the old. Uh, the old VHS the old VHS listeners would uh, Ooh, uh, they yeah. would not uh, they would not have known nah. yeah the the VHSers that's what we'll call our Jesus, old school listeners the old Betamaxes there you go um but yeah we're back with another episode and uh, there's not much banter for the beginning of this episode because like I said we just talked a few days ago not yeah, much has changed and also not much has changed in my life in two days I ate a lot of food. I hung up a lot of blinds. Do you know what I mean? I ate a, yeah, yeah. Um, when you I say ate a, a lot of food, do you eat a lot of? Do you have a lot of leftovers for Thanksgiving? So our Thanksgiving was planned for five people, and um, I didn't do any of the cooking, which is usually the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you'll appreciate this when the menu was being discussed the night uh, two nights before. This would have been Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, it was, oh, I'm going to get the catered this, the catered, the catered turkey, the catered <laughs> cornbread stuffing, which was new to me. I didn't think it was bad, by the way. Oh, the, cornbread stuffing's good, dude. I've never had it before. I've always had my grandmother's, we're going to cook it in the bird and that's how we're going to do it. I'm like, okay, we've all survived this long, so can't be bad, right? Um, and, and as you know, I'm a vegetarian and, mm-hmm. you know, as most people know, because I've said it uncharacteristically, you haven't, you're, you're still vegan. Yes. Yeah, if that's you what you want to say. Oh, okay. You eat fish? No, not at all. No. Okay. So, any, but you didn't basically, I'm not. I'm not somebody that goes to a restaurant and they're like going, "Is there hmm. milk in this muffin?" I'm just yeah. gonna eat the fucking muffin. All right. Yeah. Sure, but you don't make a point of no, no. Or when we're you know, mix no. it, mix a little no, milk, no. mix a little turkey, and boom, there you go. You got a yeah. crisp milkshake. That's, <laughs> exactly. that's a weird combination, but. um but so she's going through the menu and she's like, well, I got this, we got this. And there's turkey is the meat, the protein for everything. I'm like, time out. Where, is there, is there, where's, if so, if I have what I'm going to have, mm-hmm. where's my protein? Like, she's like, here's some make, peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's kind of what the uh, initial statement was. Like, <laughs> have some peanut butter. <laughs> it, it wasn't peanut butter, but she's like, have a protein shake. I'm like, <laughs> let me think about that statement for a second. So we came to the agreement that she would make tofu fillets with a, ma- um, a maple syrup glaze. Quite okay. tasty, by the way. Nice. And um, so I got my way. That's how it works in this house uh, because I get to evoke the my house, my rules statement. Nice. I did it to my dad once and he couldn't be more proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, uh, again, long way to get there. Um, there's enough probably. Uh, well, probably because I had some of mm. everything from last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and twice baked macaroni that was new for Thanksgiving, but it was it was gluten free because she has to have gluten free stuff. Interesting. Um, n- not by choice. Trust mm. me, it would be 
Gotcha. By choice, it's usually gluten filled. <laughs> like, should you be having that? Aaron but, goes, uh, Aaron, Aaron cooks a lot. We usually have enough for probably the next two days after. So you have people over though, or uh, is it no, just the two of you? Two of us. She just goes all out and makes an entire feast just so that we have the leftovers. Cause then the next day we have it. And then there's even some leftover for lunch today. There you go. Today exactly. being three days after Thanksgiving. Exactly. Like I said, not much has changed except for a lot of eating, hmm. <laughs> a lot of eating, a lot of blinds for me, a lot of trips to Lowe's. Oh, fun. I went to yeah. so Home this Depot, morning. went to Home Depot the other day to, cause I need a new door for my garage. The out, not a garage door, but like the little outside, yeah. you know, access yeah, side door. door. Yeah. yeah. Um, which ours is a wooden one. So it's all rotting now and it's falling apart. Like literally the bottom panel has fallen off of it there. So we have like a doggy door looking thing mm-hmm. at the bottom of the, and it's starting to snow. So it's like, okay, we need a new door on there. That so doggy door was not there. No, I'm assuming that was not there nope. by design. <laughs> yeah. nope, not at all. It's just the entire so, panel's gone from underneath. I think it's it. called the burglar access panel. Also, Th- That's what we call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if anyone wants to know my address is, no, I'm just it's a uh, 1-800 Chris Chavez lane. <laughs> Oh, dude, let's get into the movie. Um, we, like we said at the end of the last episode, this week or this episode, we're jumping into the 2008. Wikipedia calls us a sports psychological drama. They didn't call it sports entertainment. <laughs> the wrestler. Some more work. All I got is weekends. Isn't that when you sit on other dudes' faces? Have you ever seen a one-legged dog? Have a beer with me? One beer. Have you ever seen a daughter? Oh, my daughter. She don't like me very much. You should call her. Have you seen me? What do you want from me? I'm an old, broken-down piece of meat, and I deserve to be all alone. I just don't want you to hate me. You seen me, but I Two words. Rematch. Bring it. You know, with a little luck, this could be my ticket back on top. Tell me, friend, can you ask for anything? 80s man, best ever. Guns N' Roses. Crew. Yeah, then that Cobain had to come around and ruin it all. <laughs> 90s sucked. 90s sucked. These things that have comforted me, I drive away. My only faith's in the broken bones and bruises I display. You know, the only place I get hurt is out there. I'm really here. This life, you lose everything you love, everything that loves you. A lot of people told me that I'd never wrestle again. The only one who's going to tell me when I'm through doing my thing is you people here. That'll work. Come here. <laughs> ah. Oh, man. Psychological drama? I don't know why they'd call it psychological. It's a character study. I'd I mean, see that, yeah. I mean, when I set it up last week, uh, maybe I set it up with you. I don't, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't listen to the recordings until they come out. Yes, I'm a narcissist. I listen to our <laughs> recordings. Well, I always do, too. I have to. Well, you edit them. I don't. But I listen I afterwards listen. too, because oh, I listen afterwards. Because when I, li- I I listen as I edit, then mm-hmm. I put it up, and then I say, okay, now let me listen to it completely edited and how it goes, you know. And then I, sometimes I'll be like, oh shit, I gotta go back and fix something. <laughs> I I will do that once in a great while. I will spot check. Yeah. When I with um, my other one, the neglected one, <laughs> and. Um, like because I have to clip out so many uhs and ums, not just from myself, but from Christian or Lorenzo. Like, you know what? I'm tired of their voices for this week. <laughs> Plus, they call me on the phone periodically, and we have a good half hour chat about nothing related to anything 
it's a series of it, it's a case study in who is this crazy man he's called um, i know what i know what that call is about it's like do you see us on aw do you see us on tv he told <laughs> me about that the you night see our before, signs and the night after like, then, right. AEW, then aw featured us he loves it dude that's they good for featured, him though it's kind of cool they featured him yeah uh, a, 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 from a from a wide shot in the distance uh a bunch of white poster board with a lot of sharpie on it that's awesome yes it's ah to be young again that's the that's the phone calls you're getting <laughs> well it was do you think we should do this and then we're gonna do it i'm like i don't <laughs> care if you do or don't do it okay anyway <laughs> back to the show um the movie is a, as you said, a, a sports psychological drama. To me, I think that means that it's a sports entertainment. Wrestling uh, is a sport uh, in its most basic sense, and uh, that's the backdrop of the movie. Uh, the main one of the main characters is a wrestler on his way, well, potentially on his way back up from the bottom. Yeah. And um, the psychological drama being that it is a character study of, you know, there, there's a lot in the movie that. I'll give you my commentary. I'll re relay my commentary as we go through the plot and, yeah. and different things. But um, because my commentary will echo the commentary from last night when uh, E and I watched it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of explaining for someone who's not in the know on the uh, whole sports entertainment thing. <laughs> yep, um, yep. Let's get into it, dude. Let's get right into the plot then, right? So like you said, the idea is, is we're following Mickey Rourke's character, uh, Randy Ram Robinson. Okay, and uh, yeah, right. That's not his real, Robinson's mm -hmm. his real name. Um, and the idea is, is he was a huge wrestler in the 80s, big time wrestler, uh, Hulk Hogan status kind of wrestler, macho man status, like that type of a wrestler mm -hmm. um, who obviously he gets older, older, older. And at the, some point, if you're a fan of wrestling, you'll understand this. If you're not, when these wrestlers get old, uh, they still need to make money, right? And they still, they still kind of live off of their glory days and they hit independent circuits, mm -hmm. um, local shows. And, and that's usually the, the local shows bring these guys in because, hey, this is a draw for them. Mm -hmm. um, and it also helps put some of their guys over, some of their talents over. And it, it's like the NWA traveling champ. They never basically. won. They, they, their local top guy never won. Right. But they were put in there with Ric Flair or, or right. uh, what's his name? The guy with cement blocks for hands, uh, Harley Race or, <laughs> oh, you God, know, yeah, geez. Basically, I heard side story. Uh, I heard I, a side tangent. I heard someone say that uh, um, when Harley Race threw a punch, his punches, his working punches were shoot punches and you oh, just yeah. had to move your face out of the way. Oh, yeah. He wasn't holding back. Yeah, that dude was legit an old, like one of those old schoolers, the one that said, like, we got to sell this. So There's we're going to throw him. We're going to make yeah, it look real. Learn like how to Bill, take a punch is what he's saying, basically. Yeah. Bill Watts and him had the same mentality of if you're in a bar fight, you better win or you're fired. Mm -hmm. But the idea is, is that it's, this life takes a toll on these guys. So and you're no right. Benefits, no union, yeah, no health insurance, so, none of that. And stuff. they get beat the hell up. Yeah. And, and that's they, what we see. Mm -hmm. we see even at his age he's doing death matches he's doing whatever it takes to kind of get some money in so mm -hmm. that he can be let back into his trailer that's he's been locked out of because he hasn't paid mm -hmm. rent in a while uh he also the other thing that they kind of show in this is just the struggle of him having to work at a grocery store to make ends meet mm -hmm. the fact that he has a daughter that he never had a relationship with because of this business and so like you and i are fans of this so we've heard this before We've watched enough documentaries where wrestlers talk about like to be able to put food on their family's tables. They had to give up birthdays, holidays, weekends. They had to give up weeks and weeks and months at a time with their family. So their kids grew up without them there. Their kids took mm -hmm. first steps without them, said their first words without them. So we see how this affected this wrestler's life and his relationship with his estranged daughter. And we this also is well before cell phones yeah camera i mean the only camera i mean you saw it in the movie there's a polaroid that was cutting edge in the late 80s yeah when he was at his top when he wrestled um uh, iron chic equivalent yeah yeah um, but you know there's uh there, there's no communication i mean 
go ahead. Sorry. There's, I, oh, I have no, a point. I'll make it. I'll make it when you're done. Okay. Uh, uh, and then the other side of it is that, um, you know, he's all, he's alone now. He's at a point in his life where he's not sh- sure if he can continue to do this because he ends up having a heart attack. He has a heart attack after a match and the doctor says, you can't do this anymore. So now he's realizing this is my life without wrestling. And what do I have? I have no daughter. I have no wife. I have a shit house where I can barely afford to live in this trailer park and a shit job. And he's, you know, he just is looking for a connection so much so that one of the people that he truly has, at least in his mind, a true personal connection with is a stripper, Mm -hmm. Marissa Tomei. This is not your Aunt May. No, it is not. (sighs) Anyway, Aunt um, May ever wore body fishnet bodysuits. Now, um, it's exactly what you said. This is a character study. This is because there's no great drama here. He's not, you know, he didn't get himself into some trouble where he owes the bad guys money. It's not, this is just literally a man at the end of his career, trying to hold on to his glory days and trying to make sense of what's left of life. And it's, mm-hmm. and it gets to the point where, you know, he's just got, he realizes the true home for him has always been in the world of wrestling. The outside world is something that's foreign to him. And he literally says that near the end, you know, that you know what I mean? Like well, they both did. Yeah. So that's what this movie is. It was a, it's, it's kind of like, um, it's a narrative and it just brings you in. I said, again, you said it, it's a character study. This is the life of this guy and what he's going through at the very end here. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting look at, it's a fictitious spin on what is reality for a lot of these people. If you want to watch something that is, a first-hand account. Watch the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, that is so good. It's that, so that's depressing. what this kind of reminded me of, though. It, it really dep- did. I know. I mean, like she hasn't watched it, but that's on the docket for her and I, uh, because so she doesn't like wrestling at all. Um, oh, you got to show her what's the other one inside the ring or uh, oh, dark side of the ring. Oh, no, no not dark side. There's one called was it called something inside the ring or dark inside side the, the ring inside is- the mat. Inside the Mat is an old okay. school documentary that's also really that. good. That's not the Bret Hart one, is it? Um, no, that's no, uh, Wrestling no, no, with no. Shadows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some really good ones out there. There's some really awful ones out there, too. Um, but, you know, if, if you're listening, well, you then you have already listening. Um, you know, as you listen to this, make note to watch mm-hmm. The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. If you have, have to time. rent it or buy it, it is one of those where... I feel like it was it on is, Hulu. It, it was on Amazon for a while for free. Okay. Uh, it was on Netflix. I mean, it kind of bounces around, but it is one of those where you should watch it to fully appreciate the reality mm-hmm. because it does touch on family drama. It touches on, you know, you're up. Su- substance and then abuse. You get down. Yep. You're, you're up and the, the, you know, the crowd's chanting your name. You want to sustain, but then at the same time, you have to come down and go to sleep at some point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it focuses on that. It focuses on you look for a relationship wherever you can because you're in, in, in and out of a suitcase in and out of a hotel room. So um, much so that he's like, hey, whatever that kid's name is, you want to come over and play Nintendo just because it's lonely. Yeah. dude. That was peculiar, but like it with best of intentions. Yeah. And, you know, just y- you, you find familiarity wherever you can. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's for a day, if it's for a week and a week, whatever it's, you know, it is one of the things that's not talked about publicly, um, you know, and, and it's, whew, you know, it's, it's heavy. I don't Big think time. the movie comes across heavy handed. It's just a, a peek into, you know, how long can you sustain? When is it, when is it time to not be, when is it time to step away? Yeah. You know, it, it's a, it's a good commentary on that too. And it um, shows the reality of what these guys go through and what, what it's done to their bodies towards the end and what they're kind of reduced to doing just to survive. There's a scene where they're like in a VFW hall just to kind of sell, you know, stuff, their merch, kind of like a, a, a it's, it's, it's right. not a con, but it's one of these things where you could tell the local person was like, let me get a bunch of old school legends in here so that they can sell their stuff. And mm-hmm. dudes are being wheeled in in their wheelchairs. One guy's mm-hmm. got like a colostomy bag. You know what I mean? Like, and, and he goes in there to sell stuff and he knows all these guys. Mm-hmm. It's all like, Hey brother, how you been? You know, I mean, there's a scene where he kind of looks over and dude's falling asleep, just laying his head down because 
Nobody's coming to Nobody's talk there. to him. Do you know what I mean? Nobody was there. There was a few there to see Rim, right? He took his pictures, sold a few but, things, but some at autographs. That, at that time, there was no one there. And no, they dude. were just they were just sitting, waiting. And, well, first of all, that promoter needs to figure out how to actually set up a convention. Feels like Why you need you to f- give him a call, buddy. Well, you I could mean, bring him Jim Shooter. Well, for a cl- when Jim worked for when Jim launched Defiant, I think it was maybe it was the Valiant, they did get the wwf license and they did a couple wwf comic nice. books so it um, he got to dibiase's autograph and he was very excited about that actually nice. in in the comic book um but but there was um you know yeah that was like did you notice on the tables uh there that they had vhs tapes yeah polaroids yeah nothing current Mm-mm. at all nothing 2008 current when the movie nope. came out it was these guys haven't moved on because they don't know how to. Right. Some of them don't have cell phones. I mean, he uses a payphone to do his business, right? Which is old school. And like you said, some of these guys don't have anything, including families anymore. Like they just mm-hmm. don't have anybody because this life to to do what they loved to do comes with a price, right? If 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 you, well, it used to be back in the day. I mean, up to now, I think it's getting better. I think I've even seen something with like they're starting to have unions for wrestlers. And um, I know AEW, Tony Khan's changing a lot of stuff with providing insurance and things like that. So that's cool. But overall, you know, during these guys' days, like the early days, the 70s, the 80s, heyday, and even the guys, some of the guys from the 90s, the reality is, is nowadays, some of these guys are dealing with this because they had to give up a lot. They had to give up a whole lot to do what they truly loved to do, where some of these, they felt like this is why I'm here. Like, this is the only reason I exist is for this. This is what I do. It's um, all they it's, know because they don't have a backup plan. No. I mean, at least now there's, you know, the, the schedule for some people is still the 300 days. They don't have time to do anything else. Some people have, there are certain people with top, top knots that, uh, you know, show up with their money in the bank boom box and don't have to do, but you know, 15 to 30 days, a, a yeah. you know, a year, but you got to be pulling you know in the money to, to do that. You know what I mean? You have to be a draw. And when you yeah. show up, it's an event. Exactly. But um, yeah, man, this movie for me, I just felt like this plot, the idea behind what we were seeing was was real. It was real because we know the business. We know a lot of that, you know, having having been to a lot of the local shows and even on the other side of it where I'm behind, you know, behind the scenes, you see these guys who come in, you see how these guys act and you you, you see the whole thing where they're all meeting up ahead of time while the rings mm-hmm. getting put together. You know, like or they're putting witness, the ring together. Yeah. Some, witnessing that myself the... for the first time felt like, wow, this is the reality. So when I'm watching this movie, it was like, of course, I know what this was. I know this world. Mm-hmm. But now I now I'm following this guy specifically in this world, following him where I see the scars and mm-hmm the you know the aches and the the creaking back and the hearing aid you know the fact that he's you know, old school hearing aid by the bro, way oh yeah but like it was it, to me it was powerful i thought this was a i mean man the 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 story on this because it was so real even the way they interacted even even marissa tomei's character and the way she you know like you could see her mm-hmm. doing her thing and like you're a customer you're a customer kind of a thing and then there's that moment in the film where you could tell she's done with this too, where she's kind of looking around and trying to go get people's interest and no one's showing her any interest. And she's, mm-hmm. she's at the point in her kind of career where it's like, I can't keep doing this. I have to be a mom now. I have to do my thing and be a normal person, right? I can't keep this life up. Mm-hmm. The film is, I think, really good at showing the damage that people suffer. Yeah, it was good, dude. Well, and so, so what do you give it, Chris? No, oh, yeah. Well, we're going to talk some of the other stuff in this movie. So let's move oh, I, on. Do you have any more to say about the plot? Uh, I mean, I, I just think that it was, it, you know, it was, it's a true, it's, it's a real story. And I think it's, it's an amalgam of a lot of different stories that we've heard that are out there in the public narrative. Yeah. That, that really kind of hit home and, and, and they weave together in such a cohesive way because this isn't just one person's story. Right. You know, I mean, the, the movie is about two people who are you know more or less who are damaged goods yeah and does it work in you know they live two lives you know the life where they're a, a big name and which is also their fake name game mm-hmm. um and a life where no one knows or cares about them right 
True. Um, we said before this really there was a lot of the kind of echoes of the Jake the Snake Roberts documentary in this. Like you could see a lot of I saw a lot of that in this. Like mm-hmm. I saw, I was like, oh, I've seen this and that this is reality. But also, was it what was the one with Scott Hall? Oh, he was in that one. And there was oh, he's in that one there. Oh, it is both it's of them. Both You're of right. Them. Yeah. Because he's dealing they with pick the him stuff up too, the airport, dude. Yes. They pick him up at the airport and he is a mess. Yes. Yes. Oof, it's rough to see. It's rough to see. But yeah, the mm-hmm. plot, the, the way they pulled it off in this film was probably one of the most accurate portrayals of, of this world, right? It really mm-hmm. is. Uh, all right, let's move on to the cast. Let's talk yeah. about the cast. Those that do the acting. Uh, Mickey Rourke, he's our lead. He plays Robin Ramzinski, a.k.a. Randy the Ram Robinson. Okay, babe. Wow performance on this damn damn Mm -hmm. dude because i feels like it feels like when i was watching this that he was putting a lot of mickey rourke into it also some of the the stuff he'd already been through like you said remember he he left his acting career to box and he put himself through a hell of a lot of shit put his face through a hell of a lot of shit Mm -hmm. um the aches the pains those things it felt like he he was bringing a lot of experience to what he was you know what he did in this role Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he can. It's almost like he can commiserate with it. His, I mean, his career, his acting career was kind of on a downward turn. Not kind of on a, you know, who's that again? Yep, uh, Mickey Mouse. No, Mickey no, Rooney. No. Who? No, yeah. not Mickey Rooney. Yeah, Mick from the Wrestler. No, <laughs> you know, or Mick <laughs> from uh, Rocky. That's, you know, it's it, it's just very interesting that uh, I, I think he is probably one of those that's um you know one of those people and i'm look i'm stalling looking for his filmography yeah you know you're looking at it and, and it says he he did some amateur boxing i don't know exactly when that was uh looks like it was 1991 through 94 so he left left boxing well before or left actually left 1964 he boxed for a while then did his acting thing then went back to boxing for a while well, that's a fun sentence. Yeah, right. But he, you know, I mean, okay. 2002, he did a movie called Spun. Have you ever seen this movie? Oh, that sounds very familiar. I had to turn it off. It was, oof, it was gruesome. No, it, I mean, it wasn't it. like gruesome. Like it is not a movie that I would get anyone in this household to watch. Um, <laughs> but, but remember, like, so this is Guess what we're doing right? next week, people. No. <laughs> so, but think about this. Like, look at that. I mean, Spun is such a, just a disgusting movie not like the original crash you know not it's like a meth like, movie right oh john Leguizamo is great in it as well but it is it, it's fun. yes i have seen it now that you say that i remember now especially with john Leguizamo. yes yeah i don't want to dwell on it anymore because wow but i mean that movie everybody's great in that movie you think 2004 man on fire 2005 played death row marv in sin city yeah oh wait the wrestler you know so you're like, this guy is on an upward trajectory in his career from all those movies, but like no one gave two shits about him until this movie. Right. Because he wasn't, I mean, Man on Fire was Denzel, right? Yeah. Spawn was a whole cast of characters. Sin City, also a whole cast of characters. And a huge Little movie vignettes. for Snyder. Yeah. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, you mean? Oh, that's right. That's right. Why, why do I think Snyder? Because he just did the black and white Justice League. That's right. It's Robert yeah. Rodriguez slightly different style though frank miller has a directing credit on that it makes sense yeah but, yeah but like you know and then this movie being like the movie that put him back into the the spotlight but because of that movies, performance dude that performance was something else and you're like well maybe this was him you know the the, origin, the initial thought is not oh he's tapping into something it's oh he was so informed and this and that no he's lived a very interesting very mm-hmm. storied life Oh, like yeah. if if there was a movie called the mickey or the rourke i'm or sure whatever, we're gonna see something made in his you know when when it's time for his point, uh, you know his swan you know but it's like this guy has lived an interesting life and i think to your point that he has pulled a lot of it to this and he's just maybe he's getting it out i don't know you know acting is therapy for some people mm-hmm. they say some people are dead inside they don't know what to say unless they're saying other people's words mm-hmm. i think he's saying his own words here 
Yeah, I was just I was watching his performance and there's a lot of where he's got dialogue and it comes, you know, he comes across well in terms of, of the emotions he's trying to evoke or what he's doing. But a lot of what he was doing in terms of the acting, too, was showing us the pain, the aches, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, the movement that not even just that, that right despair, moment. right? Mm-hmm. That despair, yeah. that feeling yes. of like as soon as he had that, things are starting to look a little bit better with my my daughter. Even he's mm-hmm. at work. Hey, what you want? I got you mm-hmm. super happy. You know what I mean? And the second it all fell apart. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. He fucking cut us. Oh, my God. I was that like, one. oh, I had to explain that, that. too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that God. actually doesn't go in as deep as you think. No, I know. I've, well, I know. I used to use one. Uh, I, I, I've nicked the tip of my finger before. Mm-hmm. Didn't even um, know it at the time, I'm sure. But God, oh, when I saw him do it and then just jam it, I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. You just went mm-hmm. there. Um, so but he's yeah. used to it because you yep. saw him blade earlier in the he used to cut movie himself and... up and taking the pain for it. Right. And he's got the, the stuff the, at home to yeah. take away the pain. Like, unfortunately, yeah, not a that's not far from reality. But yeah, dude, the way he played that man, that, mm-hmm. I can see why he got awards and, and it got renewed interest in his career because he was he killed in this performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then opposite of him, we had Marissa Tomei as Pam slash Cassidy. Cassidy being her working name or stage name. Pam being her. I have a nine year old son at home and I'm really just trying to make things meet, you know, and I'm ashamed of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's damage effectively seeing herself as nothing but damaged goods right because who'd be interested right no one's gonna and pay money to from somebody who's got a, mo- a kid at home and is a stripper yeah because that ag- carries with it a whole host of stereotypes <laughs> as well but with this too again another freaking solid performance from marissa tomei because i feel mm-hmm. like she played so well man like you're looking at her and she was just like there was moments where you could see her fighting this 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 kind of fighting with herself like Mm-hmm. I, I gave myself a rule kind of thing and I'm about to break it. Cause I really do care about this guy. Like I really care about him and I shouldn't cause he's a customer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, absolutely. But even more so like their, their um, chemistry is amazing. Oh yeah. Right. Um, her uh, what's the word um, her portrayal as a dancer someone who is manipulating people out of their money mm-hmm. for doing things and just it's it's all business right mm-hmm. like when she's given him that lap dance and he's just talking and because he just wants the company and he mm-hmm. wants to relive this or that or talk things through because he has nobody to talk it through he's got like yep. the little kids at, at at you know at the at home in the neighborhood but what do they know and i'm sure their parents want nothing to do with him um but her her facial expressions, her body language, um, all of that is, is just so very, I, th- I want to say it's spot on for being manipulative mm-hmm. and for obviously, and therefore getting what you want, which is in her line of work money for, you know, being a, a dancer and just, you know, work in the room is yeah. really, and, and like you said, that one time where she was getting no bites, uh, no one was, was biting. It was, you could tell for her dude i feel bad it invokes the proper emotion yeah it does she did a great job with this um you know i I don't want to say this is a prequel to (laughs) spider-man or spider-man homecoming because i don't think it is because i'll never look at aunt may the same dude Um, what do you think iron man was referring to he saw the wrestler (laughs) why didn't he draw the parallel though hey didn't i fight that guy in uh, monaco (laughs) oh it's awesome didn't even lace his shoes up then either um now we also have Evan Rachel Wood who played Stephanie Ramzinski, the estranged daughter of the Ram. And she's not in it much, but when she is, again, a powerful, powerful performance, mm-hmm. especially her last scene with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Good Lord. She really, uh, it, it, you know, she had that, that, that thing of where somebody gets to the point where they're just done. You know what I mean? That's how she was. I'm done. I don't even care. I don't love you. I don't hate you. I just don't care. And yeah, I was just I, like, man, and you know, that's killing him to hear all that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And to your point, to your previous statement, it, he takes it out at work oh, and yeah. you know, it's just, you know, she, she, yeah, she's not there much, but she's there enough to, she's our potential emotional attachment that mm-hmm. because when he's, when things are good with her, things are good with Pam and vice. And, you know, yeah. the, the opposite side of the coin is true. He becomes belligerent. 
kind of pushes her and and so on and so forth. Uh, now the rest of the cast, we have a whole bunch of professional wrestlers that start in this and we have a few other people, but they mostly play promoters. We have the guy, you know, his boss. So we'll touch on some of them here. His boss was played by Todd Berry, who's a stand-up comic. Um, mm-hmm. Great performance as just that asshole, <laughs> right? I love that. So this takes place in the tri-state area, uh, South Jersey specifically, but you know, Acme markets is the mm-hmm. grocery store in that general area in the Philly area. And, and, and outlying areas. And, and I love the fact that Acme signed off on him to work Using there. It, yeah. And just when he busts in the door, cause he's watching porn, and he just doesn't <laughs> even scramble to turn it off. No, not at all. He's like, well, whatever happened to knocking? He's like, do it again. I'm serious. I was like, Oh Jesus, mm-hmm. this guy's, and he knocks, dick. he just pushes right past him. What an asshole, Such right? A, oh my goodness. Okay. First of all, that's not acceptable in the workplace. No. Any, all, all of those previous statements, just, I'm just going to say that yep. as a manager of people at work, not acceptable. <laughs> just float that out there hot take don't do it you know what i did love about the one scene though when he was in the at the grocery store after he after he'd given up the life was when we follow him the entire time making his way Those down the stairs shots. and you could start hearing softly i was like did i just hear a crowd coming the in and out there yes mm-hmm. and that's and then and then it got super loud as he got to the the curtain and i was like this is so good the way they're doing this dude this movie man. he stood there for a minute took yep. it in and then walked and through out. it was silent yep and, did his thing and and yeah it was the parallel there was was i mean that's more of production and such but the parallel to that was 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 awesome yeah dude i loved it uh we had another stand-up comic in here we had judah friedlander the world who, champ. Uh, what's that oh he likes to call himself oh, yeah. the world champ it was so weird seeing him without a hat <laughs> So yeah. weird seeing him he without was the, a hat. He was the hockey jersey, hockey sweater promoter, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's in this. Then we have to talk about the Ayatollah, the the K, the you know the Kmart version of um, the Iron Sheik. Or you said it last, yes, dude. You said it last week, and I'm like, why do I know that name? And when I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's there we did. It's the cat, the cat. That's right, dude. That's awesome, though. I loved it. I loved it. Like I, I popped when I saw him because I recognized mm-hmm. it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I popped for a few people. Um, R-Truth, when mm-hmm. R-Truth was on screen, that was pretty cool. Um, I, there was CJ, a couple I saw in the background. See Jay Lethal? I did not see Jay Lethal. He's in there for about a hiccup. Really? Like a lot of them are just kind of in the background like that. Hey, how's it going, man? In the locker room type of a thing. I and some I of them are D-Lo. on. on, on so, yeah. Was he in the was he in the uh, the ring wrestling? I thought I, saw him do a, I thought I saw him do a frog splash. That's what I thought, too. But I don't see him don't here see on the uh, on the list yeah, of I don't, people. I don't know. That... See, I thought it was, too. And I was waiting to see the little head wagon while <laughs> after he uh, he comes up from that mm-hmm. splash. But, yeah, dude, there's a it's a there's, there's a who who of indie wrestlers in here. Chuck Taylor, who's now in AEW. He was a huge indie wrestler for a while. Drew Gulak, who is in um, I believe he's still in NXT. Uh, maybe I not. Know. I don't know. Austin Aries is a pretty Austin big Austin Aries. The Blue Meanies in there. Sabian. Yep. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of these guys are in there. And again, it just adds to the realism of what we're watching. Because again, mm-hmm. as a fan of wrestling and having been to local shows, watching this film where we follow him around in these back rooms with these wrestlers that I recognize, it just made this feel more real. It made me buy into this character. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, it, it gave it a level of a credibility that, oh, this world is not unlike the world that we live in and know. Right. Uh, anybody else on this cast that is worth bringing up before we move on? Mm, I don't believe so. I think that, I mean, Mark Margolis, I, I just can't, Mark Margolis. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't picture who Lenny was. Refer, oh, that was yeah, the, the landlord. Uh, we, barely, we barely saw him. So, yeah, it was but, like a I mean, second while he was walking into the in the door and then unlocking the place. That was it. Yeah, I, I mean, he was he might have had a bigger role. I don't know, but yeah, uh, but I mean, he was in Scarface. So oh, Cesaro I mean, was in this too. I thought I saw Cesaro. Was he in the background? Yeah, Claudio Castagnoli, whatever you call him, however he says yeah. his last name. Oh yeah, there he is. Yeah, I thought I saw him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. I forgot about him being there. Um, yeah, dude. Again, it adds to the realism. So pretty killer cat. Because I think it would have thrown you off if you'd seen big, big names on that circuit, right? You see The Rock all of a sudden, you're like, eh, you know. I think it makes more sense that you saw some of these guys that were more indie wrestlers and not Mm -hmm. as well known just yet in 2008. Yeah. I mean, if you're watching this like we are in 2021, yeah. You know, 13 years later, and you see Seth Rollins. 
yeah. or Roman Reigns, you might be like, okay. But <laughs> yeah. in 2008, they were new or maybe not even in, in the sport at, at that time. Um, yep, yep. But yeah, to, to your point, if you see The Rock or Steve Austin just come stunning, come out and with a beer truck and start stunning people, that might be a little, alrighty, that's, um, this guy's already very well established by this point. Or, or uh, but they wouldn't have brought Stone Cold in because he was, he retired before he was broken true enough true, true true you know that he couldn't walk that's what's happening now is a lot of these guys are being smart about what happens after their their lives and they've got a bigger better plan in place you know mm-hmm. all right dude let's move on to the soundtrack this had a for me killer soundtrack mm-hmm. if you're a fan of 80s hair metal this is your soundtrack dude this is it well we're living in the same music world that the Ram is living in. Yeah. By the way, drives a, uh, a Dodge Ram van. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Oh, I didn't I even love put it. that together. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. It's like one, it's like a team van adjacent. That's amazing. But um, yeah, it, it is exactly his. I mean, they even talk about it in the bar about how the 80s were great and 90s and its music and its <laughs> musical influences. Yeah. You know, we're not their favorite, let's just say. And yeah. Uh, they, they yeah. use more of the King's English than I did, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. When he's referencing Cobain. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we do have is we have guns and roses on the soundtrack. We've got mm-hmm. rat quiet, riot, slaughter, scorpions, firehouse, except rhino bucket. I mean, just keep going, right? Steve Percy, George Lynch, Tracy guns, uh, of, of a very good, Lord. very underrated eighties band, the LA guns, which became in part, Guns and Roses. Yeah, true, true. Which um, became in part, who was that? Uh, was Zach Wild? Come on, help me out here. Guns Zach and Roses Wild. minus Axel Rose with uh, with Zach Wyland. I oh Scott Wyland. Velvet uh, Revolver. Velvet Revolver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I put a finger gun up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then to bring it bring it right back around. Slash plays guitars on the score for this film. So when and you when Miles you hear Kennedy. the guitars in there, nice. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, this was this was like. If you, this was the 80s. Okay, watch this. <laughs> if you like 80s music, 80s hair band, non, uh, what is it? Non ballad mm-hmm. hair metal songs. This is the Forrest Gump soundtrack for you. Oh, God. I was singing every song every time I heard it. I'm like, oh, yes, mm-hmm. good song. Oh, yeah. good song. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what else am I going to say? This was good. This is a killer soundtrack. Even the score is good. The score is really good, too. Mm-hmm. The only songs that are not of the 80s are like if they're being played in the in the strip club yeah yeah because they do play some of those in the strip club but for the most part it is 80s hair metal yep i was okay with that uh in terms of other sound you know i think like i said the most impressive one for me was that that scene in the grocery store where you kept hearing the crowd softly in the background it was like wait did i just hear that you know what i mean and then right before he goes out to the deli it's just super i just love the sound i thought it was great soundtrack score sound Mm -hmm. Great. It was great. It was awesome. Um, let's go on to special effects. This one you have to have special effects because there's going to be a lot of blood happening in this film. A lot of cuts, a lot of punctures, especially during the death match. Man, that's all we need, though. It's all practical. We're not looking at, you know, it's all practical blood and cut effects. We're not looking at... Um, guns or fucking fire explosions none of that's in this it's all blood like you said blood packs it's all you know uh, adhesion to skin adhesion and they did it in a good way too Mm -hmm. like with the barbed wire it was already in his torso when he pulled it out so yeah you didn't have to watch them you know it it was cleverly done so that you didn't have to overdo it you know i enjoyed how they did it at the end I enjoyed how they did that that deathmatch, uh, you know, sequence because what you see first is the carnage. These guys are coming into the back room, completely bleeding. The dude's got like part of a dollar bill stapled to his forehead, and then you also see them talk about it ahead of time, like what they're gonna do. I'm gonna use the stapler, this and that, and then you go back 14 minutes later, and it shows you these different mm-hmm. scenes. So that first you see you see like the awesome. smashing of the glass, right? Then it cuts back to present where they're pulling a piece of glass out. Then back to when he's using the stapler and then back to present where the medics are pulling them out of them. You know what I mean? It was, I thought it was done great, dude. And it all looked super real. Like none of it looked fake. There was no, the scars look like real scars. 
his his heart attack scar, you know, from the the trip, the bypass surgery, mm-hmm. looked like a legit. That's how they look, like this puffed out, thick not, line. You know what I mean? It's not going away. Yeah. Um, it looks like <laughs> look good. its skin was soldered back together. Yeah, look good. I thought everything in this, in in terms of the special effects, was on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it was top notch. I think for for what it was portraying. So I say we do this now. Let's talk about our final ratings on this, dude. Let's do it. This is your first time, right? Yeah, my first time seeing it. Why don't you go first? I will, dude. This movie blew me away. I finished watching it going, why did I wait so long to see this? 12 years? 8? 13 years? Crazy. 2008, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of wrestling, uh, at least even the old school style wrestling. So, And even local indie shows. So this, you know, really kind of hit home, brought me back into that world. And having been a fan of the older school of wrestling, I've seen a lot of these documentaries that showed us that this is this was the end result to a lot of those guys from the 80s but to follow somebody for the entire entirety of this film right not just hear about it in a documentary or have it as an antidote on a youtube interview but to actually see the life right and and the the thing he had to go through there's the scene when his you know his his daughter is just like breaking down and it's just so heartbreaking to see that um the scene all the way to the end all the way to the end when you know Marissa Tomei's there and just really kind of pleading with him, like, don't do this. You know, you're not supposed to. And like, he's just like, I have to, like, this is the, my, this is all that matters to me out there. I'm nobody, you know, in the real world, I'm a no one that doesn't make sense to me. Just phenomenal, man. From top to bottom, it was such an powerful, powerful film. Like I said, everything else about it, love the soundtrack, love the special effects, everything about it was awesome. So for me, this is going to get five Ram jams, out of five Ram jams, dude, this is a top, top film. This was amazing. Um, that's high praise. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I can't disagree with you at all. I mean, the acting is great. I mean, there, I'm looking at a, a page that says that there were 51 total nominations of uh, for this movie of which 22 were, they won, it, it won. And for various things, best leading actor, best supporting actor, um, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama that's the same thing pretty much best motion picture best original song the bruce springsteen song about the three-legged dog over the at the end of the the end credits yeah Yeah. best feature best cinematography and that's what i wanted to touch on first the cinematography oh yeah is just the parallels you already mentioned one uh specifically where he's you know uh, well first of all i love the opening sequence where it was the audio over top of the, the 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 just the painting all over the uh, you know the the decoupage if you will yeah. of the, and it um, takes you through the career awards. like how he's getting big and now he's now he's mm-hmm. going for the championship he wins the strap now he's got to defend it and like it's mm-hmm. huge and you hear yeah, the crowd it, oh it's great it, it's very um it reminds me a little bit of watchman the yeah. opening of the watchman the mm-hmm. movie the Zack snyder movie um also a very very good movie uh, i think um but uh that's not what we're here to discuss um there was that there was um you know, the, the parallel that you made with the going down the stair, you know, through the break room mm-hmm. or the changing room, down the stairs to the entryway, to the, the curtain past gorilla. Yeah. The music swelling, him listening, stopping and posing, taking it in, going out and there's the crowd. And, you know, that with the story with the parallels of the up times or the good times when everything's up, everything is up when the down times, and the bad times, everything is down. Nothing is clicking. Right. And it was portrayed wonderfully um, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, I think it was the first match where he did the Ram jam mm-hmm. off the top rope. And you see that, that wide shot that panned out wide shot and you see the lights of the gym yeah, or the VFW. And then at the end, when he does it again and you see the ring of honor, like mm-hmm. the production is so much better because it's got a budget behind it and it's the same shot. It's the same mm-hmm. series of events that have happened. Cut to right before that. I will not the movie because the movie already did it. The babyface promo he did at the very at the beginning of the match, mm-hmm. where he said, "I'm here as long as you want me to be here," and that's why it, it makes it that match so heartbreaking to watch because he's clearly having a heart problem. Yeah, and the movie depicts it so well, where everyone's like, "Be done." Yeah, be done. Yeah. Or you're going to be done. The yeah, movie does a great job. Ayatollah literally lays down and is just like, cover me. Stop doing this other mm-hmm. stuff. Just cover me because mm-hmm. we can tell you're not okay. 
<sighs> but but because everyone's chanting his name, he can't put his ego aside. Mm-hmm. He is back on top in his mind. Look where he is. It's and mini garden. And we've heard that. We've heard that mm-hmm. in real life from these wrestlers that like they don't want to let the people down. So hell no matter what, you finish you Mick finish Foley the match. in the hell in a cell. How many times did they try to take him off on a stretcher? Good lord. Like that's another and one. And then like, he did a run in at the say end. is his life, you know? He did a run in at uh, you know, after his match, clearly had what? How many concussions yeah. can you have at a time? Yeah. Because he had that many. Yeah. However many it's physically possible to Jesus. have at one time. But I mean, and the movie does at the very end, it sets up you to draw your own conclusions. I mean, mm-hmm. he looks, he's on top right now. And then he looks over to, you know, the hard camera where it would be where Marissa Tomei was and she's not there. And she's like, fuck it, self-destructive. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, it, I was up, she was here, but I couldn't acknowledge it. Now I'm back down, but these people are bringing me back up. I got to give the people what they want because yeah. they, they just wanted to see the match. They didn't, I mean, but all of that, you know, the, it's just so, it, it's like risk versus reward. And it's so much of, you know, so much of, of many things. And, you know, and, and, it, you know, when he's, you know, the setups of everything. So are so well done. They're showing him when he's, uh, ter- you know, how, how he sets up a blade. Um, yeah. and, and as he was doing that, you know, there's so many inside baseball things that we know as fans, mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are so many more things that wrestlers see that we don't see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm surprised they didn't have the iron Mike. Um, what's his name? The story where he, um, the guy, uh, iron Mike sharp, the dude would work out, shower, work out, shower, work out in the shower. Mm-hmm. And he got locked in. And back in the indie days, he got locked into the arena a couple of times because he was still showering, like long, legendary showers. <laughs> um, but it, it's just so interesting to see all of, you know, all of these things that are, like I said, very inside baseball that are very, uh, you know, again, back to my original point just to finish that out. He's making the blade and I'm like, I hope he doesn't hold it in his mouth. And she's like, what? I was like, I hope he doesn't put it in his mouth. It and he do. was like, what? I was like, oh, and then he taped it to his, you know, to his, to his uh, tape fists. And she was like, what are you talking about? Was he going to swallow it? I was like, no, no, no. Some people hold them under their tongue. She's like, what mm-hmm. are you talking about right now? And, but like, there was so many descriptions of what was happening. And like, I had to go a little bit deeper than what the movie was showing to, to, to give a little bit of backstory. Insight, yeah. I, some, and how a match is structured and like when they were talking about art, right, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like somebody else was like, no, I'm working the leg mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the card. So, you know, you don't, so you don't want to have a lot of the same spots because it gets boring. It's boring. Right. Oh, I've seen and this then, already. Yeah. And, and so I was explaining that to her and somehow I got on the, every match tells a story. Sometimes there's backstory. Sometimes that, you know, before this is just a spot show, an indie show. So there's, they're just going to do the hits more yeah. or less. And, um, and somehow I got onto the WrestleMania 10 Bret Hart Owen Hart match. Mm, nice. And she refuses to watch any of it, by the way. But. <laughs> well, it does require a little bit of investment to get to those big, big matches that mean the something. Because yeah. she's got to she's got to follow some storyline first. Oh, but I'm in, in the movie. Like the death match, she's oh, like yeah, doing yeah. One of the, you know, she's like, it's like a scary movie for some people where they watch through Oof, one finger yeah. or one eye through between two fingers barely. It was like she's like, when's this over? Like that the death match part. I'm like, oh, they're just slapping each other right now. Then it devolved very quickly. <laughs> but you know, all of the stuff. I love the fact that it went deep and it did. It was unapologetic about it. The subject matter wasn't. I mean, it, let's be honest. In 2021, it's it's a very toxic subject matter. Yeah. Um, because there are those that have the power to keep this situation and scenario from happening. Mm-hmm there's just a handful of them specifically that have that have that power um there are a lot of performers that are now capitalizing on pop culture and and how there's a demand for wrestlers to not get in the ring again and take bumps 20 years later Mm -hmm. although some have to because it is a bug and once you catch it you can't let go of it Mm -hmm. um but you know conventions um you know legends contracts uh, for a lot of these guys to help take care of a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, podcasts and things like that. We were just talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple that I listen to that are very inside baseball and I love the detail and the business isn't as protected as it used to be. But in the movie, you know, where he, where, where um, the manager gives him the, the, the name tag that says Robin, cause that's his name. 
He's like, it's got to say Randy because he's. Mm-hmm. I've been saying kayfabe the whole episode because that's a wrestling thing. Mm-hmm. Keep a kayfabe. You know, you can't. You have to protect the business. Meaning, you can't tell the truth. You have mm-hmm. it's an act. I'm a character, but in, if you see me, I'm going to mean mug you the whole time. Arn Anderson did that to me at Fayetteville. He was sh- shooting daggers at me the whole time. <laughs> That's amazing. Sitting with his wife and his little foo-foo dogs and saying that one looked like Kevin Sullivan. By the way, <laughs> hilarious. Did. He's like, oh, look, he's got little goofy eyes. He's pigeon-toed. I'm like, he's got a big gut, too. He's like, he fucking does. <laughs> I was like, where's his uh, goofy-ass demon eyebrows? He's like, yeah, he didn't have those. Thank God. I was like, all right. But anyway, back to back to the show. Um, you know, this, um, Chris, my character is long-winded. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, you give it a five. I got to go like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm waffling between like when we started talking about it, it was a four and a half or four, four and a quarter. And then as we talked about it more, I mean, it, it, it's, there's a couple of things that I didn't remember because I don't take notes. This is all at the top, uh, which is why I'm so long. Um, but you know, for, you know, I, I, it was four and a half, it was four and a quarter. Then it was four and three quarters. And, and, you know, I can't disagree with you. I got to go five out of five on this one because it is such a solid movie. I mean, it's, it's the only thing that it does. I think the thing that it does best is set things up for the future of the, uh, the future portions of the story. And at the very end, it leaves you thinking, Oh yeah. You know, you don't know what happens. It doesn't tell you the end of the story. So you can draw your own conclusions, but it stays with you a little bit. What's your conclusion longer? Oh, like what um, did you, what did you take away from it? How do you feel like it ends? So the Ram is. Randy the Ram Johnson, not his real name, Kayfabe, uh, is um, he's one of those guys that says that his whole career objective is if I die in the ring, it's a good match. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it was. I agree. I think he died. I think that was his last, his heart was gone and he just launched and that was it. One, two, he didn't kick out and neither mm-hmm. did the Ayatollah, but he won. Yeah. Man. Man, oh man, what a good movie. Glad you mm-hmm. glad we did it, man. I gotta tell you, I had always wanted to check it out. And so when we said the last episode, hey, let's just do that one. I was like, let's do it, man. Let's get in on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next movie. Good to uh, revisit. Yeah, the next one we're doing, I can't remember if I saw it. It feels very familiar, but I can't remember whether I saw it or not. And, and you have seen it, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have seen it. We're checking out Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx in Collateral. Everything didn't show up as a Polish cavalry. You're alive. I saved you. Do I get any thanks? No. All you can do is clam up. You want to talk? You want me to fuck off? Fuck off. You have to kill Fanning? Who the fuck is Fanning? Fanning, the cop. Why'd you have to kill him? He probably got family, kids that gonna grow up without him. He believed me. Oh, oh, I should have s- saved him because he no, believed you. Not that. Yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, that. What's wrong with that? That's what I do for a living. Some living. And the is this a heist film? No, it's crime a crime caper. Um, crime caper. It's basically Jamie Foxx, who is so good as an actor mm-hmm. in general. And this was 04. Oh, yeah. Um, this is Jamie Foxx playing a cab driver who gets brought into unknowingly into a gangster situation. Tom Cruise is a cleaner. Ah, a big departure for Tom Cruise. A, <clears throat> I think a big departure for Jamie Foxx because I don't think he was doing much movies at the time, or at least not that I'm none that I was aware of or potentially have not seen, or mm-hmm. at the very least, none that I've remembered. Nice, dude. I'm looking forward to it. It's a it's a uh, Michael Mann film, hey. you know, of heat. So now get ready, get ready. We're gonna have some long, long running chase scenes on the tarmac. Uh, I don't think there's a tarmac on this one. Oh, good. Sorry, sorry to burst your bubble. Because <laughs> I'm gonna be like, hey, they've been running for like eight hours. How are they still on the tarmac? <laughs> it's a three VHS set. That's how. That's amazing. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Silence Your Phones. Uh, before we get out of here, Sean, tell them what they need to do. Be safe, be smart, see your doctor. If he says don't wrestle anymore, don't wrestle. <laughs> That's and, right. And continue to wear your masks. And you know what? If you are a fan of wrestling and you hit those indie shows, uh, just remember what these people are putting themselves through for your entertainment. So throw some money their way. Do some stuff to support these people who are working hard uh, and putting their bodies through a lot of shit just to entertain us. 
other than that, mm-hmm. thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. And until then, it's now time to unsilence your phones. <laughs> <laughs>